Okay. I, I just screwed something up, Keith. I'm sorry, but uh, brain fart. Start over. I gotta cor- gotta correct my mistake from last uh, last week's show. One last week's show. So we'll start off the show today with a little mea culpa. Emergency. CSI. Desperate Housewives. Chicago Fire. Remember all these primetime shows? Yeah. The question we raised last week, we're going to talk about today, is: Is the day of scripted dramas on network television coming to an end? And we've got a great, fun, cheap way to create ratings for your unrated radio station or your unrated market. This actually works, and I hope uh, people have paid a little attention to it. And, of course, you get to do who's Zoom and who, because you know about all of the stuff that's going on with folks in the business. We'll be talking about that. We just want to welcome everybody to this morning's episode of Media Insultant, where you get our comments and opinions on all kinds of things, but mostly targeting toward radio and TV sales and management people. I'm Jackson Weaver in the Pacific Northwest. Our high today is 72, Keith. We got sun, but I understand you're on the verge of a blackout down there. There's also a hurricane coming your way. I mean, I expected you to start this show in candlelight on your cell phone. (laughs) You'd think about that. Yeah, I would. Yeah, you know the difference between the Titanic and the state of California? I don't. Well, but you're going to tell me. Yeah, when the Titanic went under, the lights were still on. So there you go. No, we've survived Hurricane K, who came up from the Gulf of California in Cabo and dumped a lot of rain all over Southern California. So we're digging out of that. And, you know, we go from drought to the next and fires and damnation and blackouts to uh, mudslides. You know, it's all about mudslides because, you know, the fires, wherever the fires were, now the dirt doesn't hold. So it was major trauma by all the news stations about how many mudslides we were going to have. Invariably, there always are some. The minute it rains a drop, there's some slide somewhere. Um, so, yeah, it was a very, very dramatic weekend. And um, and now we're back to normal, back in the uh, back in the low, low 80s, mid 70s. So, yep. Well, I, I'm just glad that you survived at the top of the hill you know if you were at the bottom of the hill you might have you might have yeah. gotten mud slid on but yeah, i'm the house that hits the house down below i'm not the guy yeah. that gets crushed i'm the guy that does the crushing yeah so there you go well regardless of weather on either of our locations we do this each tuesday and friday so today keith and i would like to welcome you to the tuesday september 13th episode of media insultant Okay, Keith, we're going to start off Mia Culpa time today. Uh, it appears that uh, your trusty co-host, myself, completely misread the Saga Communications financial statement last week. I know, I know, hard to believe. This comes from doing things you are not trained to do. <laughs> what, what happened? We were, what did you What did you misread? Well, we were speculating on who might acquire Saga Communications yeah. with the death of Ed Christian, right? CEO, and we, right? you, you made the comment they are debt free, and I said no, they've got twenty million dollars worth of debt. Well, again, you were right; I was wrong. They carry about zero dollars in debt. I meant misread. I read the wrong column. In two thousand eighteen, they had about twenty million dollars worth of debt. They've apparently paid it off. So my whoops, my apologies. Let's move on. <laughs> Apology accepted. Okay. okay. Thank, Thank you for you. making that clear because it was a big point about that. But since we talked about that story 
the rumors are that that Gary Stevens, who's now the chairman of the board, replacing the late Ed Christian at Saga, uh, and as a, one of the top station brokers, you know. Well, uh, he was. The, I don't think Gary's done a deal in fifteen years. So. Okay, but he used to be back when we were roaming the earth. He was doing deals, and uh, that there they might actually be an acquirer. So our story might get turned completely on its head, and they may end up being, uh, you know, buying stations instead of selling stations. So it's a story we're keeping our eye on. But at least we now know they're debt free. Thank you, Jackson. Okay. Yeah, and and so then the question becomes for the board. This is really first of all, there's nobody leading the company now. Really, that drove drove it in the same way Ed did. So right. what's the board going to really decide? Do they want to just get out? Do they think they can enhance the value by loading the company up with debt to buy something? You know, I, I don't know. It's going to be an interesting conversation. We'll we'll keep an eye on it. And it, it's one of the reasons we love doing Media Insultant, because there's always something to talk about. And there's always somebody to insult. So here we go. <laughs> that too. <laughs> hey, also last week we talked about the fact that NBC Television Network oh, uh, is right. giving back the 10 to 11 p.m. time period to local stations. And we speculated, well, most of it will go to lo- more local news. Or they'll move the Tonight Show up and another half hour of news or whatever it is. Well, whatever it means, we also question whether it spells the end, potentially, of guys like Dick Wolf, who produced almost all of NBC's primetime dramas, or so it would seem. And so the question is, is NBC's decision going to have that kind of an impact on mm-hmm. primetime production, the heavy, expensive dramas that guys like dick wolf produced and he produced a ton of them there are other producers of course but what do you think is that is that something that's going to begin to kill off that side of the business well you know uh, you would have thought so okay because you know they're expensive and uh you it takes a while to build an audience you really got to have some star power and and that takes money and all the stars and all the money and all the producers are all going to the to the netflixes of the world i'm thinking though in, in, in reading our, our prep notes is that all of these networks now have a streaming service. So NBC has Peacock, CBS has Paramount Plus, ABC has really Disney Plus, if you will, and, and, all, and, and Hulu and all the little sub-variants of that. They've got Nat Geo and Disney and Pixar and you know, all that other stuff. And then you got Discovery doing its thing. So the networks, ha- so I'm thinking that they're still going to find a place for this scripted content because they need content for their streaming service. So I'm thinking that what this is really going to affect is the um, uh, uh, syndication marketplace. In other words, syndication now will go to what they would normally syndicate will now go to their streamer. They'll now go to their streaming service. So using prime time, whatever whether it's 8 to 10 or it's 8 to 11, they're still going to want to build, use that time to build audiences and brand awareness for these shows that people will want to watch continually over on Peacock, you know. Uh, and so maybe that's the strategy. Yeah, and and you know you could argue that they're going to take the equity of these shows that they've built up over the last fifteen years or so, and they're going to move them to these digital sub channels first. So they'll play the first episode maybe. of Chicago Fire on. Uh, what's NBC's? Uh, Peacock. Yeah, Peacock. On Peacock. Thank you. And one, they'll play it on Peacock and then bring it back to the network a couple of weeks later as a network original. So, And, and you, br- you brought up syndication. I think that's the other thing that's really affected the economics of this. 
nobody's ever made money producing television shows for the TV networks. The only way you made money was on the back end, syndicating them, syndicating right. it to international, syndicating it to uh, to independent television stations around the country. Well, that market is mostly gone, certainly domestically. Not mm-hmm. so much internationally, but domestically it's gone. And then the final thing I'd raise, Keith, is who cares? It's 10 o'clock. We, we don't have prime time anymore. Prime time is when we want to watch what we want to watch, where we want to watch it. And sitting down right. in front of TV at 10 o'clock or 9 o'clock, depending upon your time zone, is no longer relevant. That doesn't matter anymore. Except for sports. <laughs> well, but you're right. But, you're, but, you're right. And that's why I think that this new phenomenon of networks owning their own streaming services. And, the, and these streaming services, these networks have owned, uh, have, have done pretty well. I mean, you know, Peacock and Paramount Plus have done pretty well. So this becomes, and but those are uh, consumption hogs for content. They need as much content as they can get. And this is ready-made content. They've already paid for these episodes. Whatever the deal is to take them into the streaming market, you know, streaming service area. They perhaps have already done a deal with these producers. Maybe they're doing deals with these producers, but they're going to take a lot of this content and fill a lot of, of, of holes in where they need they need shows on their streamer. So yeah. you know that yeah. this could be interesting to watch. Yeah, and no word yet on any other networks giving up an hour of prime time. So. Something additional for us to keep an eye on, and and we'll see. Hey, I want to drop a quick reminder in here. We always appreciate the support that we get from our viewers, our listeners. So click on the QR code that you see on your screen or go to InTown Media on Venmo. And if you appreciate what we do, we're grateful for your support. Keith and I thank you for any support you can can give us. Now, back to Media Insultant, Keith. Okay. Most of us at one point or another have worked for a station – that either didn't subscribe to Nielsen ratings right. or was in an unrated market or a suburban market where it's kind of hard to make it correlate. Yeah, we've all had clients say, well, how many people are listening to your radio station, right? Mm-hmm. What's your audience like? And my favorite rebuttal has always been, there are more people listening right now to my radio station than have been in your store in the past year. Now, that's kind of cute and snarky, but it really doesn't get to answer the question. Doesn't answer the yeah, question. That, it, it may be the truth, but it's not the answer to the question. Right. So a few years ago, I came up with a way to extrapolate an, an over-the-air cum for a radio station audience for the week. Mm-hmm. And here's how you do it. It's really simple. We know that 10 to 12% of the audience, of our audience, is streaming. Right? We've known okay. that with rated stations. Nielsen says 10 to 12% of the radio listening is being done on streams. Okay, so you're so, saying our, our hypothetical radio station in this example, we have of our audience 12% that are listening online. That are listening online, exactly. Okay. okay. Okay, and you work your way up to a total audience number this way. You take your streaming audience, which uh-huh. is the total number of listening sessions. Now, some people are going to say that's not really a cum, but it's pretty close. It's not exactly a cum, but, you know, so far the streamers have not come up with cum numbers. They come up with total listening sessions, but close enough. And you divide that streaming listening sessions for a week by the percentage of audience that you think is streaming. So 10%, 12%. I'm going to use 10% because okay. I I think it's very simple and easy for even 
you and me to both understand. So easy math is what you're saying. Okay. Uh, very, very easy math. No okay. algorithms involved. All right. So what's so the your formula? Stream, well, we if go, your stream is, say, 2,000 per week, okay. okay, then your over-the-air audience is 20,000. It's that simple. Now, again, right. don't get into the weeds. This is not an absolute statistical figure. We know that. But it is a but way neither is, of... Neither is Nielsen, by the way. Nielsen right. is an estimate. So this is an estimate just like Nielsen. <laughs> well, and uh, let me tell you, the other thing is that with a client, one of the clients I did this with, when we got access to the actual Nielsen numbers, because they were a non-sub in that particular market, we were within 10 percentage points every book. Wow. That's so great. it really it really works fairly well. Okay. So All right. It's useful also, obviously, for tracking audience trends, you know, who's listening and who's not, that kind of thing. But uh, the only other caveat I'd give anybody who wanted to try it is be careful of the out-of-town audience. They'll they'll label the IP addresses, and some of them are, you know, kind of funky based on, you know, things that I don't know anything about. But they can tell you where your most of your audience is coming from, so be sure to localize that. Anyway, it's a fun, easy way, and if nothing else, it keeps you at the table when somebody says... Yeah, but how big is an audience gap? Well, okay. I don't know. Uh, a lot of people, when we had a remote yesterday, we had 24 people show up. You know, we've all yeah, been yeah. through that. Yeah. So so repeat again, because frequency is the secret to learning, uh, both in advertising and in actual book learning. What's the formula again? One more Great. time. You take the number of weekly listener sessions, divide it by, divide it by 10%, which would mean dividing it by 0. 0.10. Right. And that gives you your total over-the-air audience. So 2,000 listening divided by 0.10. 20,000. 20,000, right. And that was typically within 10% of what the Nielsen estimates were for the stations that you were doing this for. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty darn darn close. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, and and different formats will have different streaming audiences. It's the size of streaming audiences, you know. Uh, And some of the younger ones will have more... Some of the uh, the sports stations, interestingly, really have a high listening on stream, as you and I have talked. So, anyway, that's that's something worth worth playing with for anybody that uh, is in those markets where they're getting beat up because, well, I I'd buy you, but I don't I don't know how many people are yeah. listening to you. Okay, Keith. Now we come to the point that's so much fun for you in this media consultant show, and the question is, who is Zoom and who? Oh, they're, they're zooming going on all over Radio Land, particularly. Uh, I'm going to save some newspaper stories for next week. But this week, you know, it's interesting because we talked a, a few weeks ago about how long it took for uh, Odyssey and Bonneville to find market managers for their Denver stations. They both had big openings in Denver for months on end, particularly Odyssey. And then they finally, you know, promoted a guy from within. And then finally, Bonneville hired a, a woman from Cox. And so um, just a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the surprise announcement by uh, Keith Lawless, who was the market manager at Cox Media Group's stations in Tampa, Florida and Houston, Texas. 25-year employee at Cox, longtime market manager in Tampa. They added Houston to his duties a year ago. All of a sudden, after 25 years, Keith resigns, gives his two weeks notice, and they have a big party for him and big celebration and... uh, off he goes. But just before he left, he gave two weeks notice, like the, the Thursday or Friday before he left, uh, Rob Babin, who runs the radio side of the Cox Media Group, made the announcement that he was replacing Keith. 
with a guy named Jason Meter, who had been in Tampa as the DOS, was in Orlando as the market manager. Anyway, they're bringing Jason back to Tampa to replace Keith. It took all of two weeks for Rob Babin to make that promotion from within and get the market settled down and, and you know, move and, on. And, and move on. Okay, well, he has to move on to find a market manager for Orlando now because that's where Jason was. And he's got to find a market manager for for Houston. So both those jobs are posted. So if you're looking for a market manager gig at Cox, it's either Houston or Orlando right now. So take your pick. You know, we'll see what happens there and how long Rob takes. But he did he, he did the natural hire, the natural move pretty quickly, which we don't see a lot in radio. So kudos to Rob for doing that. But we're going to have to keep an eye on and see if, he's, if he comes through in the clutch on a couple of other markets. But the other thing that's going on in radio, particularly that, that you know, really is a, a noticeable trend, and that is if you're in programming, particularly, if you're on air or you're a program director, they now call brand manager or format captain or whatever bullshit name they have for <laughs> the guy that's the PD, the guy that oversees the DJs and oversees the music director and the music and the promotions and all of the uh, pu- you know public service stuff, that person, they now call the brand manager. But if you're in that, if you're in one of those jobs on air or programming, you probably have two or three jobs or four. It depends on what you do. A recent example at Odyssey, and they're famous for this at Odyssey, where they named the guy that's the assistant program director. I'm sorry, assistant brand director at one of the biggest stations in L.A., K-Earth 101. Okay, and they named Larry Morgan the format captain what is he no he's regional brand manager for cool fm in phoenix and classic hits sunny 98 one in san diego so they take their guy out of la who doesn't have enough to do running one of the biggest best radio stations they own and they put him over phoenix and san diego and he keeps his old job so that's three jobs for larry morgan way to go buddy i know you can handle it he's just excited because they're all in the same time zone (laughs) Now, if you're on air at Odyssey, you might be like Gabe. Have you listened to Gabe on the Wolf yet, Jackson? I have not. Well, a week ago, it was announced by your good friend Jack Hutchison that Gabe is now being added to the Wolf Pack on mornings on the Wolf in Seattle. Okay, the big country station, one of the big country stations up there. And the Morning Wolf Pack with Matt McAllister now features Gabe. Well, Gabe is Gabe Mercer, and she's uh, she's a, a work. She's already had a job at Odyssey, where she does ten to noon on Camel Country in Phoenix. So they've moved her from Phoenix to Seattle, but she keeps the Phoenix job and adds mornings in Seattle. But that's not enough, Jackson. Jack has her doing ten to noon on. The Wolf. So she's on from 6 to 10 with Matt McAllister, this guy, in the morning show. Then she does 10 to noon. But she's also doing 10 to noon in Phoenix. That's amazing. I don't know how you do that, but it's the, I guess it's the, uh, the, the mystery of voice tracking. Voice tracking, yep. Yeah. Yep. And she still keeps her gig doing 3 to 7 on Saturday and Sunday afternoons in Phoenix from Seattle. So, you know, she's got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 air shifts for odyssey way to go gabe good luck with that you know anything to keep your gig and radio and you know we'll go from there <laughs> you know it's it's it sounds like the um the, the guys who used to do used to have daytime stations 
you know, they, particularly the uh, daytimers that didn't have pre-sunrise authorization, they'd right. s- sometimes they'd sign on as uh, late as 8.45 and sign off at 4. And one guy would just do the whole shift all day long. <laughs> yeah, just do the whole day. Yeah, just you do just the do the day. whole thing. And yeah. In fact, you know, you, you listen to, to, um, to, to some of the iHeart stations who identify around a specific personality, and you'd think they were on the air 24 hours a day, you know? All the time, all the time. Yeah. So one final tease before we close this week's show, or this, this day's show, is that my sources in Florida, you know, because we have sources all over. The media insultants have little junior insultants all over the place. My, my, my source in talking about this Cox job is that there's an open in Orlando and an opening in Houston. And my, uh, my sources say, give it another week. And uh, Rob Babin will be promoting the DOS in Orlando, the market manager job. So I expect by the next time we do a show for, for, the, for Friday uh, is that J.C. Campisi will be promoted to the market manager in Orlando for Cox Media Group's radio stations there. You heard it here first, thanks to our media insultant stringers. And we have a very long memory, uh, unlike a lot of people who just move on to the next thing. We remember. Yeah, and we never we- let you forget either. That's what we <laughs> Well, there's that, too. Okay. <laughs> well, a final note. Again, we love your support. Thank you so much. Uh, but we got to run. Uh, there's a QR code on the screen, or just go to InTown Media at Venmo if uh, you would, please. And we thank you. That's the end of the fundraising. Keith, we do have to run. We'll be back Friday. We drop a new show, as you know, each Tuesday and Friday. Our podcast is available on all the podcasting platforms. Video yep. is on Vimeo. Not confused with Venmo, Vimeo, in the Media Insultant Showcase. It's a production of InTown Media. And we are an interim broadcast management company, and comments are always welcome. Jackson at InTownMedia.com. Media Insultant will be back on Friday. Keith, I have no idea what we're going to talk about, but there's a long list of stuff in our agenda that uh, we'll bring up. So I'll see you then, buddy. Thank you. Well, and if Rob Babin needs interim market management, hey, you're the guy. We can do this. I'm, I'm, we can do, we sorry, can I'm not Houston going to Florida. Florida. I'm well, not going to Florida. Ah, to okay, maybe. I got kids in Austin, so maybe I got, so. Yeah, I got the cowboy boots, the hat. I'm ready to go to Houston. All right. See you on Friday. <laughs>